At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 608th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is expanding farmers' reach to customers with busy schedules. We're talking with John Hayes about an online farmers' marketplace. John is a software engineer and aspiring suburban farmer and the founder of Locavore.co. Locavore is an online, hyper-local, peer-to-peer food network where you can find freshly locally grown produce, food services, opportunities, farm equipment, and more to buy, rent, sell, share, or trade. Welcome to the show today, John. Are you ready to rock? I'm ready, Greg. Awesome. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Sure thing, Greg. I'm super excited to talk to you today. So my, I just want to tell you, my wife's been a fan of your podcast for years. Um, she's been listening to you, you know, recently, but we're a little bit behind, and she's figured out how to listen at one and a half speed on her on her oh, iPhone. Oh, nice! Yeah, to squeeze more, <laughs> to squeeze more, you know, more and more listening because you know we drive less these days thanks to the pandemic. So you know, some of what we've learned from you and your guests that's helped shape our garden or farm, and I use that term loosely has been relocating uh, our planter boxes from far away at the back of our garden to being right outside our kitchen door. And, you know, it's a relief to hear that, you know, your experts share that some things are easier to grow than others. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we have, you know, an abundance of lemon papayas, lemongrass, squash, and, you know, various herbs, but unfortunately no zucchini yet. That's going to be on our list for this year. Good. So yeah, as you said, I'm I'm a software engineer and other things. I'm a parent and an aspiring suburban farmer. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can probably tell, I did grow up in the UK, but now I'm in Hawaii. It's a long story, but I'll spare your listeners. Well, there you go. Um, so I've I've built everything from social networks to e-commerce platforms and applications. But you know, my most recent project, this Locavore.co, is by far the most ambitious, exciting, and possibly most challenging. Uh-huh. And we're, you know, and we're still working on naming our backyard farm with our kids, obviously. <laughs> and yeah, which we learned isn't important right. from your jumpstart your urban farm class. So what is an online farming marketplace? I've tried really hard to avoid using jargon, but, you know, sometimes in the digital world, jargon's unavoidable. Um, so the local war app is a hyper-local online peer-to-peer marketplace. So when we talk about something being peer-to-peer, we're talking about anyone can be a seller and anyone can be a buyer. You don't have to be you know, a wholesaler. You don't have to have corporate accounts. You can literally go onto our platform, list your product, 
and then someone will reach out and either buy it or trade it or mm-hmm. you know reach out to you know to you to help you source something from your environment and kind of what we're trying to do is is you know in the spirit of locavore is like feeding yourself you know sourcing food as locally as possible you know the 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 greater term for the locavore you know it's a term that's coined in the in the, in the northeast the, you know uh-huh. 2005 or so which is sourcing food within 100 miles you know and some people say up to 250 miles as much as you can right. you know I, I don't i don't you know we're we're not religious we're not a zealot about just only eating local food don't get me wrong like what we're trying to do is make it easier to source your food as locally as possible as much as you can you know there's it's not a world where we can you know source everything completely locally like we can't right. get french cheese here in hawaii we can't get other things and certainly like in california you can't get locally grown coffee or they're yeah. actually working on that. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's there's definitely a place to say maybe say say you're up in Saskatchewan, you you're not going to be able to find locally grown coffee in Saskatchewan right. unless you're growing it indoor, which is you know going to be definitely a challenge, right? So you know, the, you know, the problems that we're trying to solve are kind of twofold. So buyers like myself, you know, we have limited time to go grocery shopping uh-huh. and even less time to source our local food, and then. From the seller's perspective, you know, local and aspiring farmers, you know, people who are just starting out either planting their garden or, you know, want to want to leave their, their day job and want to start, you know, their, their mini urban farm. And, you know, it's one thing to go out and start planting things and go, right, I'm going to quit my job and become a farmer and grow tomatoes and sell them and I can make a living. So I see this opportunity where, you know, local farmers like that have, and may have inventory and scaling limitations. Right. So to selling at farmers markets, because like farmers markets is like is an expensive outlay of your you know your weekly profit and your weekly growth. Right. And then you know beyond that, selling to restaurants who have strict rules on exactly how much they need to grow and how much they need to procure every week to keep you know their menus going because you know as a you know a restaurant. Is known for growing certain things, unless you're Chez Panier, which is, <laughs> you know, Alice Waters, like, she's like religious going out and sourcing local food on a, on a weekly, daily nice. basis. Yeah. And then, you know, and then scaling up that, you know, wholesaling to supermarket chains, which makes it even harder on a, on a small scale. Right. The intro that I used for you said you have a, uh, an app that's called Locavore, and it's online, so it's on your phone. Hyperlocal means that, you know, you could actually be connecting with your neighbors. And then there's a term in here that I'm not so familiar with. It's called peer-to-peer. What does that mean? Peer-to-peer is a method of, of being able to have, in, it, specifically in terms of an online marketplace, peer-to-peer is when you have a buyer and a seller and they're directly selling and buying between each other oh. rather than have an intermediary such as a, a marketplace where they, so say your supermarket, like, you know, your big brand supermarket buys wholesale and then sells it on yep. at a major profit. Peer-to-peer means you are able to sell directly to the consumer. And as a consumer, you're able to buy directly from your farmer. Awesome. And so this sounds like a great idea. 
And what motivated you? Like, what was the the piece that's that told you, oh my gosh, I got to do this? So about 10 years ago, you know, we, we had the idea to do something positive with food. Other online sharing marketplaces were still in an infancy and hadn't, the idea hadn't spread throughout the world. Uh-huh. And I'm sure many of you will know what I'm talking about. So unfortunately, well, fortunately for us, we uh, started a family and, you know, as life happens, things get put on a back burner. So fast forward to about a year ago, I wrapped up a contract that just happened to end at the end of March. And so we decided to revisit this idea of locavore. And as the saying goes, when life gives you lemons, don't just make lemonade, but make lemon bars. Oh, nice. So I, I, I have great ambitions for building you know, a, a platform, a peer-to-peer platform that fits into this gap of like, helping us source more of our local food. You know, we did plant our garden. You know, as I said earlier, it's like we did plant our our garden and we did planting fruit trees, you know, over the years. But we can't grow everything locally. And, you know, I see our neighbors and they have fruit rotting on, rotting on the ground. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, a lot of time we can't, there's, there's no way to share that. And, you know, in our 21st century life, we don't know all of our neighbors. So, you know, if if I can get everyone to use our app or as many people as possible to use our app, it's going to be just that little bit easier to approach people to say, look, I've got too many. In our case, I've got too many bananas. Can I trade for some of your grapefruit? Oh, yeah. That's the simplest, simplest form of how we see, you know, our app going forward. When I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking in my yard right now today, I have a hundred pounds of citrus that I could harvest and, I just don't know what to do with it. So I download your app, go to locavore.co, download the app, and I could list it there, right? Absolutely. How does that process work? So, you know, if there's, there's kind of three ways you can access our app. There's through the desktop version, you know, on a regular web browser. There's also the two, you know, the two major app stores, you know, through that iOS app store, the Apple app store, and then the Android app store. Those oh, are the yes. two official like dedicated mobile apps. So, you know, for me, you know, my, my, my site's starting to fail me. <laughs> so, you know, once you hit that, once you hit that middle age, you start having to wear glasses and getting frustrated. I, I, I personally prefer to upload stuff on, on, on the desktop as a, as a, as a seller, just cause it's, it's slightly easier, but it is totally easy. If you're, you know, adept and fast at using a phone, to upload and list your product on our on our app, you know the first steps you have to do is you know get the app and then create an account, which is like you just literally join now, enter your email address, create a password, verify it. You know you'll get an email like part of the double opt-in. Make sure that you know you're not just some spammer, and that's the thing we take seriously on our platform is that we do monitor like as every listing to make sure we're not listing stuff that. We don't want people listing. Right. You know, you, you create the app, you, you create your account, and then you're going to take a photo of your product. You're going to find the right categories and the right, you know, section that it belongs in. And you're going to say whether it's like something you want to share or trade or whether it's something you want to sell, actually sell, in which case you can put a price tag on it. And then, you know, right now we're still very early stages. If you wanted to list your product for sale, 
and take payment offline, that's fine. If you know your local regulations prohibit you from actually selling online, you know you can take the payment in person. And if you want to or are able to sell online, you can create your PayPal. You can add your PayPal Pro account. Oh, very good. And take payment online that way upfront. And you know we 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 do encourage people to take you know offer that payment online because it makes it simpler for the end user to actually make that purchase and it also guarantees you as a seller payment in advance so you're not wasting your time reaching out to that customer and then making an arrangement to go and deliver that product if you're offering delivery which is another thing that we're offering the users the the sellers and the buyers in our app is a facility for people to be able to make their order take uh, make arrangements delivery oh nice um, and take payment. I guess there's uh, there's several food delivery apps out there that you could partner with, I would think, right? Absolutely. Um, we would love to partner with any of the other food delivery platforms going forward. Nice. And how is it being received? And where are you, you know, because you were in Hawaii, but it's an app, so it can be used all over the world in theory. In theory, yes, it can work absolutely everywhere. Right now, the currency system strictly works with U.S. dollars, but there's no reason why you can, can't transact in U.S. dollars everywhere else in the world mm-hmm. currently. You know, for, the, for future growth, we would like to internationalize this platform for you know, different locales where we think it's going to work. As far as translation goes, that's another thing we're going to work on for, for, for other languages. Right. That's always a challenge in software development. As we, as we talked before we started recording, I, I was in software development. I owned a software company in the early days of computers from 1986 to 2003 or so. And so I have a, gr- a pretty good understanding of what, takes, what it takes to develop something like this. So good work. Thanks. And what kind of difference do you see it making for our local food systems? So the way I think that Locavore is going to help us is that if everybody grows one ingredient and puts in that makes it becomes invested in in what they're growing, mm-hmm. then we can all forces us to start thinking about you know how the next level of how we're going to get that that next local ingredient. Mm-hmm. So you know if we can, we would like to get other you know. Probably we want we're, we're working with other more established farms, you know, locally here in Kona, who you know who 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 may not have already had an online presence, uh-huh. and it makes it easier. I, I think it makes it easier to source our, our local our food as locally as possible. Yeah. Well, if you had an app that you could go to and say, "Hey, I need peppers," and it pops up, and you know, Susie, you know, at so and so farm over there is growing peppers, you can connect and get them. Absolutely. Nice. And do you have any success stories, epic examples of how this has improved the, you know, somebody's interactions? How is it being received? So, so far, um, it's been, you know, we, we've reached out to our, our local rancher who, during the pandemic, they were, as everyone was, um, struggling because farmers markets had shut down. Right. And there wasn't, you know, and especially in Hawaii, we have, you know, a, a, a strictly tourism reliant economy. Uh-huh. So, a lot of the, m- most of the farms that are growing here cater to, you know, hospitality and and, and the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. So we, we we gave you know our, our platform opened up a, a, 
an extra an extra sales channel for our local ranch, you know, and that's like within 20 miles of our house. Like, and I, I you know, I had no idea that we had a local ranch right. um, until I stumbled across them on a, on a, actually on a Facebook group. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was able to connect with, with that, that owner and they, they actually had a success story out of COVID and that they've been able to, you know, increase their reach for, you know, s- selling meat products. Nice. Locavore isn't just about food. It's about other opportunities. Maybe I've got a job or I need to have a job done or I want to find some work. It's maybe selling farm equipment, really anything to do with food production, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So with so much more than just a marketplace of selling food, we, you know, we're trying to make it a platform for the entire food ecosystem so for instance you know the use cases you could say you're an expert landscaper or foodscaper as a as a a category of term that we coined here on on local war so you could list your your expertise in helping people redesign their Ah. you know their their imported landscaping plants into a food sustainable food landscape so foodscaping is one thing one could sell as a service Say or say perhaps like you have a side press. Side presses are, are not a cheap piece of equipment, but say you have an apple tree and you grow apples. Maybe you, you could list your apple press as something you could rent out, and then someone could rent that apple and they could make cider. Right. I actually have one of those, an apple crusher and an apple press that sits literally. It sits doing nothing, three hundred and sixty-four days a year. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of equipment where it's like much more than, you know, a piece of equipment that you would have just sitting, you know, you would just go out and buy, but something that you desperately want to use maybe one or two days a year to do your run of apples and turn them into cider and then ultimately into hard cider. Yeah. And additionally, I heard you say that people can list services on there. So one of the things that I do is I do garden urban farm consults for people on the phone. So I could then actually list that. You absolutely could. And you can list it either as an hourly contracted rate through our application, or you can have it using your other, you know, Eventbrite or however you want to do it, you know, whatever other platforms you've been using in the past. Wow. What other kinds of things are you seeing people buy, sell, and trade? So we had people sell Fish in Hawaii, you know, there's a lot of fishermen, so you can, you know, the commercial fishermen, we had a lot of people, a lot of fishermen were having a lot of downtime during the pandemic. Uh-huh. So they were, they've been selling their fish to our app. We've had people selling their micro CSA box, you know, especially, especially in the, between the day, the farmer market days during the week. And this is, this is, this is another great thing about our app is that you can arrange that delivery and you can make that sale seven days a week, 24 hours a day, make that sale, make that connection, and then you can keep keep operating your marketplace business every day. Wow. Well, that's cool. Are you loving this? Yeah. There's one more thing I wanted to mention. When you're traveling as an eco, eco-conscious food traveler or eco-conscious vacation renter, you can bring your app with you on your smartphone and help you source your local ingredients. Oh, this nice. is something that I know that the the younger generation, like they're all always on their phones. You know, even my my small kids, they're like obsessed with their devices. It's absolutely, you know, 
a thing that kids are doing these days. And I think that, you know, being able to source your local food wherever you are is something that should, that I think people are, are going to be super jazzed about. Awesome. Well, good job, man. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to shift on you now, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you learned from it. We don't talk about failure. As you know, that's that's not a thing. That's something that we do everywhere. We don't talk about failure. We just talk about learning experiences. Oh, very good. Um, so, <laughs> so if I had one thing that, you know, talk about one thing, it would not be starting sooner. You know, like, I wish that I had started sooner on this application because, you know, I think that we could all be growing things more. I would I would have focused more on maintaining, you know, moving our garden into the right places. Yeah. I wish I'd started sooner listening to your podcast, Greg. Like, you know, you've been a total inspiration for us. Thank you. You know, and then which brings me back to, you know, another another thought I had, which was, you know, this whole process of talking with you has been a good kick in the pants for us. I mean, we actually planted our tangerine tree this past weekend, so we're getting closer, nice. closer to having more more of our own produce. Yeah, you know, as they say, carpe diem, carpe diem, seize the day. Yeah, awesome. And what do you consider your biggest success? Well, I know it's going to sound cheesy, but honestly, it's it's our kids. Uh-huh. I'm I'm so proud. I'm so proud of my eldest because he's already started showing interest in cooking and making food, and I'm not just talking about baking cookies. Like he 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 cooks us dinner. He's like he's wow. just turned nine years old. Oh. He's made family for dinner. He's I mean this is awesome. He's like yeah. So honestly, he's 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 my my pride right now. And then my young my youngest child, he's five years old. Uh-huh. You know we he helps us regularly make our, our 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 fresh pasta. You know I know we we can't get wheat here in Hawaii, so we can't get our semolina flour. So well, I know that has has to be important but the ingredients we can get here locally are local fresh eggs from you know from oh, yes uh, we, we we get our eggs from a food seller up just up the street she has chickens you know our subdivision we're not allowed to have livestock so it is what it is uh-huh. but yeah so we get we get eggs from a, a you know a local you know micro farm up the street you know in, a, in a, another road and you know when we can't get them there we get them from our local csa you know that's great so we, you know, build, we, we, we make our own pasta from scratch and nice. our five-year-old loves doing it. It's super fun. Awesome. In fact, there's usually fighting. There's usually fighting over who gets to help. <laughs> Gotta love that. And what drives you? So, you know, as I said, like my kids, they, they're, they're my motivating factor in my life. You know, I want to make sure they grow up eating healthily, mm-hmm. you know, not just in terms of what they eat, but also how they source their food, like it's yeah. so important, you know, and the impact we have on the planet, you know, things for like, like the very simplest activity, we, you know, we as humans do multiple times a day, which is eat, you know, that's like, if we can figure out like how to eat healthfully and sustainably and, and, you know, eco-consciously, I think that we can save the planet going forward. You know, it all starts with what we eat. It starts right. in the kitchen, you know, it's all part of that big circle of life. That's the big reason I do what I do. And I don't have kids. I'm 60 years old. I chose not to have kids. But the reason I do it is for the future generations, for your kids. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, because it's what needs to be done. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much respect for the likes of you know Greta Thunberg, 
I think she's awesome. Oh my gosh! Um, yes. I think she's also an inspiration for us all. And you know, as as we're, as grown-ups, we all need to listen to her. You know, she's right on the money. Right. Yeah. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? So I have a great book. It's it's called Jamie Oliver's Five Ingredients. It's actually it's actually a recipe book. Uh huh. Um, I've been I've been a big fan of his you know his programming. He you know he started off as a a TV chef, I'm sure many of your listeners know him. He's he's a you know a British UK yep. based TV chef, and this book's become my go-to for cooking healthy, delicious nice. meals that take under 20 minutes, like from you know using fresh, fresh, fresh ingredients. Uh-huh. So you know, that, and and a lot of those ingredients you can source locally wherever you are. You know, so like for example, we you know just like yesterday we had his lemony mint zucchini pasta. So I was able to source the lemons and the mint from my garden. Unfortunately, I don't have zucchini yet. We have we have a a, a bug that attacks the zucchini and uh-huh. it's very hard to grow here in Hawaii. But we're going to try. I, I swear we're going to try this year. Um, and, you know, and as I said, we, you know, make pasta with our local eggs. So, you know, a, wow. probably a third of our meal was locally sourced. That's, you know, he makes it so easy. You said only a third of your meal was locally sourced. I don't know that many people can actually say that. So that's a third of your meal, oh my gosh, yes, is locally sourced. Yes. Nice. What one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? So my advice is try and make every dinner with at least one item you've grown or sourced within walking distance of your home. Yes. Just try it. See if you can do it. I think it's a great challenge. I think that you know, if you can do that, maybe we can all start growing one more thing wherever you are. Like if you're in an apartment building, grow some herbs on the windowsill. If you have a garden, dedicate some of that land to growing something. Don't just focus on, you know, ornamentals, like grow something delicious. Yeah, awesome. Just one homegrown ingredient is a reason to celebrate. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. We eat out of our yard every single day, pretty much year round. So I'm in. Good job today. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. How can our listeners find you guys? You can reach us mainly at the website through locavore.co. We have links that go out to our social media channels. We're at the Locavore CO on Facebook and Instagram. You can find our Facebook page, the locavore.co. But yeah, most importantly, go to the website. Sign up, join, download the apps. Yes. Join our app platform. List one, at list just one item, and maybe we can make the world a better place. Nice, nice, nice. And you can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash locavore app. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule, and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. 
Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.